Section three of A Legend of Montrose. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. A Legend of Montrose by Sir Walter Scott. Chapter three. For pleas of right, let statesmen vex their head. Battle's my business and my guerdon bred and with the sordid switzer i can say the best of causes is the best of pay done the difficulty and narrowness of the road had by this time become such as to interrupt the conversation of the travellers and lord menteith reining back his horse held a moment's private conversation with his domestics the captain who now led the van of the party after about a quarter of a mile's slow and toilsome advance up a broken and rugged ascent emerged into an upland valley to which a mountain stream acted as a drain and afforded sufficient room upon its greensward banks for the travellers to pursue their journey in a more social manner lord menteith accordingly resumed the conversation which had been interrupted by the difficulties of the way i should have thought said he to captain dalgetty that a cavalier of your honourable mark who hath so long followed the valiant king of sweden and entertained such a suitable contempt for the base mechanical states of holland would not have hesitated to embrace the cause of king charles in preference to that of the low-born round-headed canting knaves who are in rebellion against his authority ye speak reasonably my lord said dalgetty and caterus paribus i might be induced to see the matter in the same light but my lord there is a southern proverb fine words butter no parsnips i have heard enough since i came here to satisfy me that a cavalier of honour is free to take any part in this civil embroilment while he may find most convenient for his own peculiar loyalty is your password my lord liberty roars another shield from the other side of the strath the king shouts one war-cry the parliament roars another montrose for ever cries donald waving his bonnet argyle and levin cries a south country saunders vaporing with his hat and feather fight for the bishops says a priest with his gown and rochet stand stout for the kirk cries a minister in a geneva cap and band good watchwords all excellent watchwords whilk cause is the best i cannot say but sure am i that i have fought knee-deep in blood many a day for one that was ten degrees worse than the worst of them all and pray captain dalgetty said his lordship since the pretensions of both parties seem to you so equal will you please to inform us by what circumstances your preference will be determined simply upon two considerations my lord answered the soldier being first on which side my services would be in most honourable request and secondly whilk is a corollary of the first by whilk party they are likely to be most gratefully requited and to deal plainly with you my lord my opinion at present doth on both points rather incline to the side of the parliament 
your reasons if you please said lord menteith and perhaps i may be able to meet them with some others which are more powerful sir i shall be amenable to reason said captain dalgetty supposing it addresses itself to my honour and my interest well then my lord here is a sort of highland host assembled or expected to assemble in these wild hills in the king's behalf now sir you know the nature of our highlanders i will not deny them to be a people stout in body and valiant in heart and courageous enough in their own wild way of fighting which is as remote from the usages and discipline of war as ever was that of the ancient scythians or of the savage indians of america that now is they have na say mickle as a german whistle or a drum to beat a march an alarm a charge a retreat a reveille or the tattoo or any other point of war and their damnable skirlin pipes whilk they themselves pretend to understand are unintelligible to the ears of any cavaliero accustomed to civilized warfare so that were i undertaking to discipline such a breechless mob it were impossible for me to be understood and if i were understood judge ye my lord what chance i had of being obeyed among a band of half-savages who are accustomed to pay to their own lairds and chiefs alenarly that respect and obedience whilk ought to be paid to commissionate officers if i were teaching them to form battalia by extracting the square root that is by forming your square battalion of equal number of men of rank and file corresponding to the square root of the full number present what return could i expect for communicating this golden secret of military tactic except it may be a dirk in my wam on placing some macalister more mashimi or caperfay in the flank or rear when he claimed to be in the van truly well saith holy writ if ye cast pearls before swine they will turn again and rend ye i believe anderson said lord menteith looking back to one of his servants for both were close behind him you can assure this gentleman we shall have more occasion for experienced officers and be more disposed to profit by their instructions than he seems to be aware of with your honour's permission said anderson respectfully raising his cap when we are joined by the irish infantry who are expected and who should be landed in the west highlands before now we shall have need of good soldiers to discipline our levies and i should like well very well to be employed in such service said dalgetty the irish are pretty fellows very pretty fellows i desire to see none better in the field i once saw a brigade of irish at the taking of frankfort upon the odour stand to it with sword and pike till they beat off the blue and yellow swedish brigades esteemed as stout as any that fought under the immortal gustavus and although stout hepburn valiant lumsdale courageous monroe with myself and other cavaliers made entry elsewhere at point of pike yet had we all met with such opposition we had returned with great loss and little profit wherefore these valiant irishes being all put to the sword 
as is usual in such cases did nevertheless gain immortal praise and honour so that for their sakes i have always loved and honoured those of that nation next to my own country of scotland a command of irish said menteith i think i could almost promise you should you be disposed to embrace the royal cause and yet said captain dalgetty my second and greatest difficulty remains behind for although i hold it a mean and sordid thing for a soldado to have nothing in his mouth but pay and gelt like the base cullions the german lonsnechts whom i mentioned before and although i will maintain it with my sword that honour is to be preferred before pay free quarters and arrears yet ex contrario a soldier's pay being the counterpart of his engagement of service it becomes a wise and considerate cavalier to consider what remuneration he is to receive for his service and from what funds it is to be paid and truly my lord from what i can see and hear the convention are the purse-masters the highlanders indeed may be kept in humour by allowing them to steal cattle and for the irishes your lordship and your noble associates may according to the practice of the wars in such cases pay them as seldom or as little as may suit your pleasure or convenience but the same mode of treatment doth not apply to a cavalier like me who must keep up his horses servants arms and equipage and who neither can nor will go to warfare upon his own charges anderson the domestic who had before spoken now respectfully addressed his master i think my lord he said that under your lordship's favour i could say something to remove captain dalgetty's second objection also he asks us where we are to collect our pay now in my poor mind the resources are as open to us as to the covenanters they tax the country according to their pleasure and dilapidate the estates of the king's friends now were we once in the lowlands with our highlanders and our irish at our backs and our swords in our hands we can find many a fat traitor whose ill-gotten wealth shall fill our military chest and satisfy our soldiery besides confiscations will fall in thick and in giving donations of forfeited lands to every adventurous cavalier who joins his standard the king will at once reward his friends and punish his enemies in short he that joins these roundhead dogs may get some miserable pittance of pay he that joins our standard has a chance to be knight lord or earl if luck serve him have you ever served my good friend said the captain to the spokesman a little sir in these our domestic quarrels answered the man modestly but never in germany or the low countries said dalgetty i never had the honour answered anderson i profess said dalgetty answering lord menteith your lordship's servant has a sensible natural pretty idea of military matters somewhat irregular though and smells a little too much of selling the bear's skin before he has hunted him i will take the matter however into my consideration do so captain said lord menteith you will have the night to think of it 
for we are now near the house where i hope to ensure you a hospitable reception and that is what will be very welcome said the captain for i have tasted no food since daybreak but a farrel of oat-cake which i divided with my horse so i have been fain to draw my sword-belt three boars tighter for very extenuation lest hunger and heavy iron should make the gird slip End of chapter 3